Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, that uh, indictment in the Spygate case of Michael Sussman, a Clinton-associated lawyer, was a little juicier uh, than I thought. It came out yesterday, and um, I, I thought it may just be another head fake, and it may turn out to be that in the end. We've had a lot of head fakes in the Spygate case. Nothing ever happens to anybody. And I'm not sure anything's ever going to happen to Hillary or anyone significant. But there were some juicy details in that we're going to get to today. I've got that. Also, Biden trotting out the same BS. I've got your questions at the end. And a big congratulations to Joy Reid. It's a big day for her. You're not going to want to miss that. Today's show brought to you uh, by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Pick one up today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. Producer Joe is not here today. He is A-OK, but he had to have something done. Uh, so a procedure done for um, some medical issue he's having there, but he's a okay. I promise you. Well, I've, I'll have, uh, here. It's Friday. There you go. I don't do it as well as Joe in his 1960s game show voice, but you all get the hint. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Dan, because Joe's not here. Let's go Kenny Bell time, folks. Gee says, like, you know, <laughs> Gee's doing his best armor costume today. I promise, folks, he's okay. I would tell you otherwise. Joe's a good man like that. By the way, check out my show, Unfiltered, on Fox News tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I've got a loaded show. We're going to break it down. We're trying to get Mark Robinson again. The uh, Remember the lieutenant governor of North Carolina who just slayed it with that viral speech? Got him, and I've got a bunch more. i got my regular segment with Pete Hague set, too, and I'm going to just lace into the Hillary Clinton campaign in the beginning, so you're not going to want to miss that. It will be unfiltered, I promise you. So what did Hillary Clinton know, and when did she know it? It now appears from this indictment we saw yesterday of this uh, Michael Sussman, this lawyer. If you read through the indictment, I'll go through the takeaways that Hillary Clinton may be, may be in a little bit of trouble. Um, I have very little faith in the Justice Department. I don't think um, in, in the end anything will happen to her legally, but um, I think she may be exposed. Now, um, again, I'm not here to get your hopes up about anything. We've been let down by the Justice Department a thousand times. And I'm very sorry to tell you that, but I still want the truth. And I assume you want it as well. And if Hillary Clinton was because she was involved in the biggest spying scandal in United States history on a presidential candidate, then you're darn straight. I want to know about it. Technofog, our good buddy, has a great summary. It'll be in my newsletter today. It's short, but it's sweet. This is his uh, sub stack, the Michael Sussman indictment. He points out a quick summary in the beginning about what happened. Remember, Hillary Clinton wanted the FBI to spy on Trump, and that's what he did. It's as simple as that. The intermediaries she used to, to, to do it, one of them's in trouble, was indicted yesterday. It's Michael Sussman. So he was a lawyer at Perkins Coie. He represented and worked on behalf of the DNC, the Hillary Clinton campaign, and Fusion GPS Sussman. 
Now, he was indicted for false statements yesterday to the FBI, their general counsel, James Baker. We'll get to the pieces of the indictment in a second. They are fascinating, folks. What if I told you there was a university he alleged to have been involved? There's a tech executive who's involved. There was a, uh, uh, which we call it, an internet company involved that felt pressured. Wait, go back to techno a minute. I just want to read the second part of the summary. It relates to Baker and Sussman. They met on September 16th of 2016, and Sussman, the lawyer, conveyed the false information in the indictment put together by himself, Fusion GPS, and others. He relayed that to the FBI, and it was about the Trump organization's contacts with this Russian bank, Alpha Bank. Now, let's go through this. That, that's just a quick summary of what happened. Techno has a great piece. It'll be, again, be in my newsletter today if you'd like to check it out. Now, this wasn't the first time Michael Sussman, this lawyer, who, again, is alleged to have worked on behalf of the Hillary campaign and Fusion GPS to accuse Donald Trump of colluding with the Russians. Uh, this September 16th meeting apparently wasn't the first meeting of significance he had from the indictment. This is pretty damning. Remember this date, folks. Remember the date. For example, on or about July 29, 2016, Sussman and a campaign lawyer met with personnel from the U.S. investigative firm. It's assumed to be fusion. And he billed his time to the Clinton campaign and others. And billing entries cited herein, he billed to the Clinton campaign. He similarly billed his time to the campaign under the category general political advice. Why does that matter? Well, if Sussman was meeting with what appears to be Fusion GPS and is billing the time to the Clinton campaign on July 29th, July 29th, 2016, what happens two days later? Well, liberals can go to their uh, most trusted liberal far left radical socialist company, Google, and put in a Google search. And you'll see that just two days later, I put in Google, what day was Crossfire Hurricane opened? July 31st, 2016. Crossfire Hurricane, of course, is the investigation into the Trump campaign. Kind of weird, right? Clinton campaign is paying a lawyer to meet with Fusion GPS to fabricate a Trump collusion fairy tale not based in any way in reality. And two days later, the FBI opens up a campaign, opens up a criminal investigation. Well, golly, folks, what a big kawiki dick, I'm sure. How many of you got out like the FBI was duped into? They were duped. The FBI were willing participants in this. They were not duped into anything. They were looking to be duped. That's not the same as being duped. It's kind of like watching a magic trick. You know, you're part of the trick, right? You know the guy can't do acts. There's no real magic, okay? You get duped on. You go, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Look, he did magic. No, he didn't do magic. Part two of the indictment. It was a tech executive involved in the scheme to frame Donald Trump. Wait, what? Folks, these are details. These are the deets. Very few of us had heard before. By the way, I have a very good idea, as do many others, who this tech executive is. But in the interest of being right and not being first, I'm going to wait until I put it out there. But I have a very good idea about who this tech executive who was working with them to frame Donald Trump is. From the indictment. On or about August 17, 2016, Sussman the, and campaign lawyer one and a tech executive conducted a conference call. Sussman billed the time to the Clinton campaign. So now a tech executive is working with the Clinton campaign too to frame Trump. Oh, isn't that juicy? Just how many people were involved in the plot to frame Donald Trump? 
They conducted an additional in-person meeting with this tech executive on August 19th. Also billed to the Clinton campaign. And about August of 2016, later, Tech Executive One exchanged emails with personnel from the U.S. investigative firm. Folks, how many people, again, were involved in this? Now, keep in mind, one of the core stories used to frame Donald Trump for colluding with the Russians, right? A fake story. One of the core pieces of information they used was an alleged connection between Trump Tower and a Russian bank, Alpha Bank. Basically an internet connection. The problem is the story's fake. The internet connection was not due to any back channel. It was due to spam email. Well, the tech executive folks and others apparently knew a little bit something about this, how this was not going to be a um, <clears throat> real piece of investigative data. So look at this in the indictment. On or about August 21st, 2016, Tech Executive One emailed the recipients, urging them to push forward with additional research concerning Trump, which he stated would give the base a very useful narrative. Later in the same email, Tech Executive One expressed his own belief that the TrumpEmail.com domain, referring to the subject of the allegations Sussman conveyed to the FBI, talking about the Alpha Bank Trump Tower connection. Listen to this was not a secret communications channel with the Russian bank, but a red herring. That's a quote. And noted that the host for the domain is a legitimate, valid customer relationship, a CRM. Tech executive one, therefore, concluded we can ignore it together with others that seem to be part of the marketing world. <laughs> you getting this? Are you picking up what we're putting down? So now we have this lawyer Forgive me, got a little bit of allergy today, so I'm rubbing uh, uh, my nose. Sorry about that. So we have a tech executive who, again, I'm pretty sure I know who it is, a tech executive working with a Clinton lawyer to fabricate a story about Trump Tower communicating with the Alpha Bank doing a communications channel. They know it's totally fake. It's a CRM company, a marketing campaign. It's got nothing to do with an information channel. They know it's a red herring, and they continue with the story anyway, and they make sure they get the story to media idiots and imbeciles like Latasha Bertrand, Franklin Four, and others, Charlie Savage and others, who will willingly promote what these people who are colluding here, the lawyer, the tech executive, and others, know are, quote, a red herring. They know it's a fake story. Trump Tower is not communicating with Alpha Bank through a back channel. They know it's fake. Now, because media people hated Donald Trump and they have no dignity and credibility, Bertrand, for Savage and others who were just eager to make this story up appeared all over television talking about how, oh my gosh, Trump Towers communicating with a bank in Russia. The story's fake. It's always been fake. Any idiot could have seen it. Everyone knew it was fake. Doesn't matter. They went on TV anyway. Here's Natasha Bertrand, a PP tape hoaxer, who should be fired immediately, by the way, for this. Now, you know what? She shouldn't be fired. I take that back. She, she's perfect where she is. You know what? Let her give her a promotion. Give her a she, She's perfect. She is a fake news specialist and she's great at what she does, generating fake news. Give her a promotion. I'm not kidding. I don't know where she is now. CNN, Politico, whatever it is. She was one of the biggest PP tape hoaxers ever. Here's her on TV with two other barking seal idiots talking about the Alpha Bank hoax. That was always a hoax. Like, what more evidence do you need? What more evidence do we need? We need evidence like any evidence here. Check this out. I mean, 
what more evidence do you need? It's very, very obvious, and it's really Occam's razor here. The fact that we still have not been able to rule out the idea that this was a covert communication channel two years after the fact, the fact that no one has come forth with a plausible explanation for why this was happening, for why Alpha Bank was one of three organizations communicating with the Trump server in those months leading up to the election is just completely remarkable. And I think the fact that Frank's uh, story got overlooked or criticized as much as it did and the fact that now it's being revisited and you have the editor of the New York Times saying that there you know, was a story there just shows the lack of imagination. You believe these morons? Do you believe that these, again, give her a promotion where she's great at what she does. She's a fake news specialist. She always has been. And she's too stupid to realize that the story was a red herring the entire time. A red herring meant to lure idiots like you into going on TV and talking about what was undoubtedly from the start, a made up fabricated hoax. And notice what she says there. I can't believe we still can't rule this out. No, no, it was ruled out. It was ruled out by everybody involved. There's a red herring. You were just too stupid to figure it out. The media were co-conspirators in this, folks. By the way, it's, I'm not, again, go get it at the library, borrow it from a friend. I don't care. It's not, you know, I'm trying to sell books or anything like that. I don't need to, I'm not trying to profit off this. But I wrote my last book on this, Follow the Money, about the Spygate scandal. A lot of this is covered in there. Go check it out. Get it from the library, borrow it from a friend, whatever you need to do. Probably use copies around somewhere. Read it. You'll see we were on to this a long time ago. The story was completely made up. It was fake. And my book, Spygate, covers it too. Shameful that Bertrand was too stupid. And again, they call us conspiracy theorists. How does this woman, how, how, again, how are they allowed to get away with this by fact checkers and others? They should be completely discredited forever. But of course, they'll get a promotion because the media is fake in our country. Fake, fake. The story gets worse, folks. There was a university involved, too. So now we know the media was involved. There was a tech executive involved. We know the lawyer was involved. Clinton was involved in the Clinton campaign. How early did Hillary know this, by the way? There was a university involved, too. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to the indictment. At the time of these exchanges and in about August of 2016, a federal government agency, Agency One, was in the process of finalizing but had not yet signed the cybersecurity research contract with University One. I think I know the university, too. The primary purpose of Agency One's contract was for the university researchers to receive and analyze large quantities of public and non-public data, including DNS data, from various internet companies in order to identify the perpetrators of malicious cyber attacks and protect U.S. national security. They roped the university into this, into analyzing the DNS data package from Trump Tower to Alpha Bank, even though they knew it was fake. Oh, and by the way, that university was getting a government contract for millions of dollars. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That's really stunning. So now we've got a university corrupted. We've got the media corrupted, a tech executive using his company to conduct an unauthorized illicit investigation. This is just juicy, isn't it? Folks, I did not see some of this coming. I'm being candid with you. Some of this is out there for the first time. This indictment is far juicier than I thought. Oh, by the way, it's not just the university tech executive Hillary Clinton and a lawyer. It's an Internet company, too. Well, there was an internet company involved? Oh, yeah. 
So this tech executive told people he was working for Hillary Clinton. You can see it right here in the indictment and the Democrat Party. He didn't hide it. The aforementioned individual and other personnel at Internet Company 3 were uncomfortable regarding this tasking from the tech executive because they believed using the company's data in this manner, talking about investigating Trump, was inappropriate. However, they complied with the tasking because tech executive one was a powerful figure at both companies. <laughs> this is getting juicy. They were using it to get personal information on Trump figures. They were using this internet company and this tech executive was a management figure in both. Ooh, was this juicy. The juice coming out of everywhere. The juice is loose everywhere. Now, one more thing. One more thing for me. One more. You ready for one more? Here's part say. Here's probably the, here's the, uh, the juiciest little tidbit of all. They were asked, they were, they were thinking about faking email addresses to frame Donald Trump to make it seem like Trump Tower was communicating with a Russian bank. Uh, wait, what? Come again? Oh, yeah, it's right there in the indictment. So this tech executive emailed a couple of researchers he was using and said, even if we found out and they ask us to find what's in the DNS, we don't see the money flow, talking about between Trump Tower and Alpha Bank. And we don't see the content of some messages saying, send the money here. Originator One then explained that it would be possible to fill out a sales form on two websites, faking the other company's email address in each form. And thereby caused, and thereby caused them to appear to communicate with, with others in the DNS. <laughs> this may be the greatest indictment I've ever seen. So now they know it's fake. Trump Tower was not communicating with this Russian bank. They know it's a red herring. They give it to idiots in the media who run with it on TV. And they're like, it's like Occam's razor. Yeah, it's like Occam's razor. Just you're the stupid, you know? She apparently doesn't know what Occam's razor means, Natasha Bertrand. She's not very bright, right? The media then runs with it. They then rope an internet company and a tech executive into it. They find out it's fake. They realize it's a red herring. And they're like, oh, don't worry. We can just fake it and frame the Trump team to make it look like they're commuting with each other in the DNS. <laughs> oh, man, is this. I may have to write another book about this. I didn't plan on I know who they are. He wants to know if they're going to say the names. I know exactly who they are. But in the interest of being correct and not first, I know exactly who they are. And so do quite a few others. It'll be coming out in the coming days. I know exactly who these people are. Now, here's the last question. Michael Sussman appears in a little bit more trouble from this indictment than I thought he was in yesterday. Appears to be in a lot more trouble. Does Michael Sussman flip? In other words, does he start giving evidence to the state to get out of this? And if he does, the first question I would ask him is, what did Hillary Clinton's campaign officials know? You go lock them up next for their part in the conspiracy, and then you get them to dime out Hillary Clinton. Do I think Hillary Clinton's going to spend a moment in jail? No. Do I think any big-name political figures are going to do a moment in jail? No. I'll bet the deal was... I'm almost positive the deal cut with Durham was just go after private sector people, just leave the big fishes alone. I'm almost positive that's the deal. But at least we'll get the truth. 
And these people, when history tells the true story, will go down as the embarrassments and stains to this country they were, as criminals that got away with it. I know that's not a satisfactory answer, don't get me wrong. But I'd rather... (laughs) But I would rather have their uh, malfeasance exposed. Again, I know it's not the answer you all want. But at least they won't be able to say they didn't do anything. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay, so uh, moving on, because there's a lot more to talk about. So Joe Biden gave another dreadful speech yesterday about his uh, $3.5 trillion porculous plan to bankrupt the economy. It has a whole bunch of tax hikes that will crush the economy, uh, middle-class tax hikes, I might add, embedded in it. And what did he do to sell it? He trotted out the same BS. Joe Biden's a grifter and a loser. He has always been a grifter and a loser. There are members of his family that are total losers. They've shown that. The man's a grifter. He has no talent whatsoever. He has made his entire life selling access because he's corrupt. And he's a piece of garbage. He really is. So what does he do? Because he can't actually say he's a legit capitalist that's profited off his skills and added value to society. He doesn't. Every day sits in the Oval Office, he damages the country even more because he's a grifter loser. Um, and he's jealous of people with actual skills. He trotted this out yesterday during his um, uh, during his, his speech about this tax hike package, trotting out the same nonsense BS about fair shares, the 55 companies. Check this out. We're doing very well before the pandemic. That's why I've said starting back in my campaign for president, mm-hmm. it's not enough to just build back. We have to build back better than before. And that's how it all begins. Big corporations and super wealthy have to start paying their fair share of taxes. It's long overdue. I'm not out to punish anyone. I'm a capitalist. If you can make a million or a billion dollars, that's great. God bless you. All I'm asking is you pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. You know, the temerity of this guy to talk about successful people paying a fair share who already pay more than a fair share while he is a lifelong grifter with no life skills at all. A career loser, plagiarist and a liar who does not have a single marketable skill telling people who do have marketable skills and spent their lives educating themselves and taking entrepreneurial risks that they should pay their fair share. Now, Because Joe Biden is too stupid to read the data, I've done the homework for you. I mean, that's what grifters do. It's a great piece in the Washington Examiner today. I encourage you to read. It's called Tax the Rich. Sorry, AOC, but we already do. So let's talk about a fair share and let's use use actual data. Um, Again, unlike Joe Biden, a career grifter and loser um, who's never contributed a fair share of anything to his entire life. His fair share is comprised of milking the Chinese out of money and being the big guy. Here, from the Washington Examiner. You interested in data? Listen, folks, if you're a leftist listening to my podcast and and you don't care about the actual data, 
on who pays taxes and who pays what, then tune out now because you're wasting my time and you're wasting yours. You're a moron. You want to continue to be a moron and data doesn't matter. So nothing I say to you about the data is going to change your mind. So don't waste my time and don't waste yours. Just tune out and just continue to sit there and parrot the fair share nonsense because you're too dumb to do the homework. Here, from the examiner, let's compare what the top 1% of earners pay to the bottom 50% of earners. Who pays what? Well, it says that's right. The bottom 50% of earners paid just 2.9% of the total federal tax income burden last year. So 50 out of 100 taxpayers paid just three cents of every dollar of taxes last year? Yes. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's right. But what did the top 1% who supposedly aren't paying their fair share, what did they pay? The top 1% of earners took in just 21% of all income in the U.S., yet they paid 40, uh, 40% of all federal income taxes. The latter number, by the way, has increased over time, up from 33% in 2001. Let me, because this topic just infuriates me, and I'm going to, you can sense, you can sense my rage at these people. Because I really just prefer to do facts, okay? And I get really pissed off because people work really hard for their money in this country. And the fact that we got to deal with grifters and losers like AOC and Joe Biden who lecture us about who pays what when the facts are right in front of them is infuriating. Now, you may say, wow, the top 1% of earners in this country, one out of 100 people pays 40 cents of every dollar while the bottom 50 pay three cents? Yes, that's accurate. Well, you say, well, Surely, Dan, the top 10% are definitely getting over. I mean, they're still rich, too. You don't have to be a top 1%. Are they? Here's the numbers on that from the Washington Examiner piece. Be in my newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to check it out. In 2018, the top 10% of earners made 48% of all income. Wow, that's impressive. They made half the income. So you'd say, oh, man, they're definitely getting over. What did they pay in taxes? Oh, 71% of all federal income taxes. So 10 out of 100 people pay 71 cents of every dollar of taxes. But Joe Biden said yesterday they pay almost nothing. That's because Joe Biden is a loser and a grifter. And fact checkers are losers and grifters, too, who won't dare check the actual facts. Joe Biden is lying because that's what Joe Biden's done his entire career. Plagiarize and lie because he's a grifter and a loser. Well, you may say, well, corporations are definitely getting over. Are they really? From the examiner piece. When Donald Trump cut the corporate tax rate, folks, it didn't cause the wealthy to, quote, pay less. What it did do, however, is cause big businesses to stop evading taxes by expatriating profits using what's known as corporate inversions. Corporate inversions essentially ceased after Donald Trump's 2017 tax reform passed. Corporate repatriation of earnings also increased massively, increasing the amount of capital available for investment in the U.S. So cutting corporate taxes actually caused corporations to move their business back to the United States and then pay taxes in the United States instead of avoiding taxes overseas. But again, Joe Biden doesn't know that. Joe Biden keeps citing this 55 of the largest corporations paid no tax. What he doesn't tell you is that's because the tax code, the way it was written, gives them those exemptions. The tax code written by politicians like Joe Biden he doesn't tell you any of that because he's a grifter and a loser. All right, let me get to my uh, third spot here, uh, Rock Auto, before I get to I want to congratulate Joy Reid, folks. Yes, Joy Reid from MSNBC. It's, um, it's a big day for her and a big day for the show. Reiki, 
Guy's been working on this. Guy's actually been training with Joy, whether she knows it or not, for a very long time. We'll get to that in a second. Don't go anywhere. So congratulations to Joy Reid, folks. You know we have the dopey media talking head Olympics. Um, now, the gold medalist in the dopey media talking head Olympics for, gosh, eons now. It's been upwards of, I believe, five years. has been Brian Stelter from CNN. Chuck Todd was a silver medalist. Joy Reid was initially the bronze medalist. Joy had been training hard. She got herself the silver, got Chuck Todd bumped down, which was quite impressive. And we were just waiting for the moment. We knew Joy would uh, come through. She's been training hard. So here's some photos, again, of Joy training. Here's her silver. She's trying to catch up with Brian Stelter, who has the gold. She's been training really hard, Joy. Um, well, she did it, folks. She did it. Here you go. <laughs> Congratulations, Joy. It's a big moment. Uh, the gold medal proudly uh, right now wearing that gold medal proudly. She is now the gold medalist in the uh, dopey media talking head Olympics. Well, you may be asking the training, like what pushed her over the top? Well, here it was last night. It was a big decision for all to make, uh, but we did it. You know, it's kind of like figure skating. It's, ju it's a judgment call. You know, whose routine was better, right? Uh, this definitely pushed her over the top. Here's Joy last night accusing uh, Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro of being a white nationalist uh, because they support Nicki Minaj, a rapper's right to speak out and ask questions about the vaccine mandate. Why does Joy upset about Nicki Minaj? Because Joy loves censorship. Uh, Joy's a Soviet, and that's what they like. They love censorship. The communists love that stuff. Check this out. But the worst part of all this, honestly, is not even the personal attacks. The worst part is who is enjoying this so much? People like white nationalist, curious Victor Orban enthusiast and no friend of hip hop or non-white people, period, Tuckums Carlson. Nicki Minaj endorsed this clip of his yesterday where he praises her for, quote, enraging the political class. And when people responded that she might not want to be associated with a white nationalist, she essentially gave in to the right's favorite talking point that somehow celebrities are not allowed to agree with Republicans. She also tweeted... You know how many of us, how many U.S. presidents were white supremacists? Well, yes, yes, we do. A whole lot of them. But what people like Tuckums and the Ben Shapiro's and other right-wing bomb throwers want is not Nicki Minaj to have free speech. What they want is a vehicle to drag as many of her fans into their anti-vax camp as they can. Now, you may ask yourself, why would Joy Reid be training so hard uh, to get that gold medal as the dopiest person in the media with the dumbest commentary. Well, because Joy Reid's show has been a failure for a long time, as Joy Reid has been. Um, here are the ratings. Hat tip our uh, friend Road MN. Here's Joy Reid's ratings for her show, which has been an epic failure. Joy Reid has failed at everything she's done, um, including her homophobic blog, which she says wasn't hers. But she's still waiting for that FBI investigation. Joe comes back. I'll ask him where we stand on that. Says uh, someone hacked her homophobic blog. So Joy's failed up her entire life. Here's Joy here. Uh, the ratings from yesterday, or was that Wednesday? Joy's show readout, which should be called ratings out because she doesn't have any, is 26th. Yeah, 26th. She has 1,098,000 views. One million. Just for uh, some perspective on that, folks, Tucker Carlson has 3.5 million views. More than three times the audience of this dunce. And check this out. The 6 o'clock show on MSNBC. I don't know if you can see this. The Beat with Ari Melder has uh, nearly 40,000 more viewers than Joy. So even though Joy's on at a better hour, 
Joy Reid winds up losing the audience from the show before. And just again for perspective, the midnight show on Fox, midnight, when most of America is sleeping, Shannon Bream is just a sliver below Joy Reid, who's on at 7 p.m. at the 26 number. Joy's just trying to save her career by saying increasingly stupid things. She knows what she says is a lie, but that's just what Joy does. But congrats. Big day for Joy. Good job. Geese clap. Very well done. Good job, Joy. We're proud of you. Gold medal. We need that gold medal. All right, folks. The leftist death cult continues. We see the left loves nothing more than to wish death on people they politically disagree with because they're a bunch of sick, deranged, malfeasant lunatics. Well, Here's Laura. You know, Laura Loomer, she ran for Congress down here in Florida. Pretty respectable run, raised a lot of money. Laura Loomer, um, which is said, uh, caught COVID. Well, of course, you know, <laughs> just go, folks, just go right to Twitter. Put in Laura Loomer's name. This comes right up. Here are the uh, tweets wishing her dead uh, because she is a uh, conservative. Laura Loomer has COVID-19. My thoughts and prayers are with COVID-19 as it is going through the pain of being trapped inside a horrible person's body. This is at Serena Patriot. That's very nice. Thanks, Serena Patriot. Very cute. And here is OMG Ponies. God, upon learning that Laura Lomer has COVID. I love it when a plan comes together. Leftist death cult. Listen, on a very serious note, be proud of yourself that you are a conservative, that you believe in big R, God-given rights, and therefore there's an emergency break in your behavior because you're bound by morality and wishing people death is immoral, unethical, and just plain wrong. Leftists don't get that. They are a death cult of immoral, evil losers. And the quicker you get that, and the quicker you understand the cold civil war they're engaging on the rest of us, the sooner we can turn this around. The left is a death cult of sick, deranged lunatics. Now, the left, including Joe Biden, who I include in the sick, deranged lunatics category, the grifter loser in the White House, um, not only wants to lie to steal your money, but Joe Biden also is trying to get people in Florida killed by restricting their supply of monoclonal antibody. Why? Because as you'll see in a moment, when I put this story up, after I play this clip of Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, despite a Delta variant surge, which is happening all over the country, Vermont, Hawaii, Oregon, they're all seeing it right now. Well, the left, of course, wants to make it only about the Republican state of Florida and Ron DeSantis because the left is a death cult and they want to see Floridians die. That's who they are. They just accept it. That's who they are. It's not open for debate. That's not open. They say it all the time, okay? So Ron DeSantis, after the spike in Florida, which was very real, the Delta variant that caused a lot of damage, Ron DeSantis said, we're going to enact monoclonal antibody sites around the state to give people antibodies to help them get through a COVID infection. Well, what happened? Cases dropped dramatically from 14 to 11 down to, I believe, 9,200 hospitalizations. They are dropping like a rock. Of course, Biden can't have Ron DeSantis's antibodies policy leading to a decrease across the state. It would mean having to give Ron DeSantis credit for making a judgment call and being the right one. So what does Joe Biden do? He restricts the supply of monoclonal antibodies to Florida because the Biden administration wants to see Floridians die because it's a death cult. Here's Ron DeSantis fighting back yesterday. Check this out. Uh, we are very, very concerned uh, with the Biden administration and the HHS's recent abrupt, sudden announcement that they are going to dramatically cut the number of monoclonal antibodies uh, that are going to be sent to the state of Florida. Just last week on September 9th, President Joe Biden said that his administration would be increasing shipments 
of monoclonal antibodies in September by 50%. And yet on September 13th, HHS announced that it was seizing control of the monoclonal antibody supply and that it would control distribution. And then on September 14th, the announcement was more than 50% of the monoclonal antibodies uh, that had been used in Florida uh, were going to be reduced. So this is a dramatic reduction. And I'd say it's doubly problematic because what, what Shane Strom and folks in Tampa General and these other hospital systems that have been doing this, they're not getting it from the state. Uh, they, they get it. It's drawn down from it had been a Marisource Virgin. So they get that. Uh, and then when they need more, they request more, they do it. What the HHS and the Biden administration is now doing is they're saying that all of the reduced amount will go to the state. And we're responsible not only for sourcing our sites, which we're happy to do, but any infusion center, any provider, any hospital will have to come through the state. And to just spring this on us starting next week, we're going to have to do that. There's going to be a huge disruption and patients are going to suffer as a result of this. So here's a quick handy dandy quiz for you. If you want to see if you are a member of the leftist death cult, am I a member of the leftist death cult? If you answer uh, this question, the the right way air quotes, and you are definitely a member of the leftist death cult. Do you support uh, Ron DeSantis? who set up monoclonal antibody sites to save infected Floridians with COVID-19's lives, and it worked as hospitalizations are dropping dramatically in Florida? Or do you support Joe Biden restricting the supply of monoclonal antibodies in Florida, making sure more Floridians die? Let's see. It's a tough one. If you're a leftist, you're like, I think I support Joe Biden. And yes, congratulations. You are a member of the leftist death cult. Very nice job. Well done. All right, a couple more stories. Uh, hat tip, by the way, intern Justin, who even from the road helped us out this morning, cutting video, given that producer Joe was having a bit of a small, small medical issue. Thank you, intern Justin. You know, we love you. We miss you here. Quick, before I get to these uh, questions and a Dave Portnoy Barstool AOC story, man, that's got to be good. So the FAA is apparently forcing Fox News's drone down at the border. Uh, the story's uh, on uh, on Fox Now. You can see it because the drone has been showing the footage of eight to 10,000 illegal immigrants getting ready to invade the country right now in uh, Texas, sitting there behind a border. I don't know what else they would be preparing to do. They're certainly not at a legal port of entry, uh, so they don't want you to see that footage. So the FAA has gotten involved, again, showing you that all of the leftists who, include, who, uh, who uh, accuse Trump of being a totalitarian are, in fact, the totalitarians themselves, in addition to being in a death cult. Here's a hilarious story. So a little backstory on this. Dave Portnoy on his Twitter account pointed out the absurdity of AOC showing up at a uh, $30,000 per ticket Met Gala event in a dress that hilariously said tax the rich. Dave Portnoy is the head of Barstool Sports, has a lot of cultural power. So Dave hit AOC for it. And of course, the fact checkers had to jump in. AOC, believe me when I tell you, has been humiliating. Even leftists are mocking her. She's a joke. She's always been a joke. Now even leftists are finding out she's their false god, okay? Shows up at a 30,000 person, uh, a dollar per person ticketed event and attacks the rich. What an idiot. How stupid do you have to be to do that? You know the judgment she she the judgment she doesn't have to have done that. So the fact checkers had to jump in and stop the humiliation. Keep in mind, there's no fact to check. 
AOC showed up at the Met Gala. It's 30000 a ticket. It addressed what said, said tax the rich because she's an idiot. So the fact checkers had to jump in to stop the humilia- humiliation. I bet most fact checkers, even the really horrible ones, didn't want to do this because they knew AOC had screwed up. Whenever they really, really need a loser to do it, though, they go to Tom Kirchner. Tom Kirchner is the worst fact checker in the business. My guy, Matt Palumbo, humiliates him all the time because he can't even get a fact check right. He's that dumb. So, of course, he jumps in. Here we go. We got to save AOC and you must stop the humiliation. PolitiFact. The top 1% pay 90% of income taxes. What's the backstory here? So you're not confused. Damn, what does this have to do with AOC? Well, the fact checkers, including PolitiFact, know the best way to stop AOC from being humiliated is to put a fact check label on anything involving AOC and her stupid decision to wear the dress. It'll stop Facebook from promoting it, right? So they just had a, they couldn't fact check that it happened. It happened. So Herschel Walker's son apparently made a Facebook post where he said, and it's, it's inaccurately. He said, well, one, the top 1% pay 90% of the taxes. So the dress is wrong. It's not true. They pay 40% of taxes, which is enough, more than enough. So Tom Kirchner, again, of all the fact check losers, this guy is, I mean, you want to think this guy's the platinum medal winner. My guy, Matt Palumbo humiliates him all the time. He had to jump in and he says a rip on AOC's dress misses with claim that the top 1% pay 90% of income. (laughs) This has nothing to do with AOC's dress at all. Do you understand what the purpose is here? Okay, am I explaining this right? Tom Kircher is a liberal lunatic who humiliates himself on a regular. He was the only one with the, the, uh, as little dignity left that they said to him, listen, we need you to save AOC. This happened. But, so he trolls the internet. He finds a claim that has nothing to do with AOC at all. AOC showed up with the dress. And he then slaps that label on posts about AOC's dress because someone got the number wrong about what the top percent pay in the country. It's an effort to stop the uh, AOC picture from floating around and Tom Kircher, the dumbest fact checker in the business played a key role in it. And we AOC right at her servants with the masks on. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> Thanks Tom. Good job. Humiliating yourself again. Whenever you see a Tom Kircher PolitiFact or fact check anywhere, be prepared to laugh your rump off. This guy is the, I mean, of all of them, this is the one with the least dignity. Okay. Uh, Let me get to my last sponsor. And then questions for Dan. I got good ones today. Really good ones. Nice job this week. Okay, it's time for my favorite segment of the week, our Friday Ask Dan. Here's the first question. These are submitted on my Rumble account. If you ever want to do rumble.com slash Bongino, just comment on any of our videos. Just put question for Ask Dan. Sorry. Question number one. This is a great one. By Poor Country Crafts. Hey, Dan, what's the best way to find out if a person running for office is a rhino, a Republican in name only, a fake Republican? Great question. My go-to is the Liberty Score at Conservative Review. Put it in any search engine, Liberty Score, Conservative Review. They have a grading chart for every member of Congress in the Senate. Disclosure, I worked at Conservative Review a very long time ago. I don't work there now. Just fair to put that out there. There's nothing to do with my decision. Freedom Works has a great scorecard, too. The one I trust, again, is the Conservative Review Liberty Score. It's a very simple grade, A, B, C, D, E, F. And you'll, if you go there today, Liberty Score, conservativereview.com. I think it's libertyscore.conservativereview.com. If you check it out today, you will be stunned how many people you think are conservatives 
on the Republican side who are really total rhinos. Check that out today. Best scorecard in the business. Okay, question number two. Hey, Dan, about that supposed coup involving Mark Milley, you think he could be the fall guy for Biden and the story was made up to distract from Biden's failures? Because even Trump acted like he didn't totally believe it. Thanks for what you do. I started listening a couple of weeks ago. I haven't missed the show. Well, thank you, Disc Boss. Thank you very much. Okay, two components to this question. Do I think the Mark Milley story is made up? Uh, it's possible. Bob Woodward, um, Bob Woodward's books, um, <laughs> some people would dispute the accuracy of many of those books. Uh, we'll see. So I don't trust Bob Woodward as far as I could throw him. He is the one where the story appears about Mark Milley's call with the Chinese Communist Party. But do you think Mark Milley is the fall guy? Um, it could be. If the political damage against Milley continues to add up and the story turns out to be true about him warning off the Chinese, um, I believe he will be the fall guy and uh, Biden will get rid of him for his failures in Afghanistan. So good question. Good possibility. All right, moving on. <clears throat> Next question. These are more kind of personal questions, but this is from, uh, <laughs> I get this. <laughs> you didn't get that, did you? I'm not even going to say that one. You have to see on the rumble. Hey, Dan, roundabout where in Florida you living at? Looking to possibly move there and looking at different towns to see what's good or not. I need some perspective. I live in Martin County. I love Martin County. I think it's terrific. If you're planning on moving to Florida, just know if you are planning on moving to Florida, the golden rule is the more north you go, the more south you get. In other words, you want a place that leans Republican, you got to go north. You want to live with a bunch of Democrats, move south. Uh, Martin County, where I live, is probably the last. It's more in central Florida on the east side. It's probably the last conservative leading county. You go down further, Palm Beach, Broward, uh, you'll see those Miami, those counties get more and more blue as you go further south. So I love Martin County. I think it's terrific. You like it, right? You're a recent resident here. It's a great place to live. So, but if you're a liberal, please don't move down here. We're closed. There's, we're not taking any more liberals. We've reached our quota. I'm kidding. No, I'm not. We've reached our quota. Please don't move in. Okay. Uh, moving on. Hey, Dan, back in the day, I remember musicians performing music that was all about government tyranny and power hungry politicians. Yeah, I remember that too. Remember Rage Against the Machine? <laughs> they are the machine now. This inspired movements and protests. My question is, where is all the new music inspired by the current government attempts at discrimination, control, and big tech censorship? Incredible and inspiring music to help pump the conservative movement into action would work wonders. Scott Amore. What's that is? That's a great, the questions this week are spectacular. Folks, here's my opinion. Where are all these musicians speaking out against the man? The man now is big tech and government and big corporations killing free speech and freedom. That is the man. So when you're raging against the machine, that is the machine. But they're not raging against that. They're raging for it now because they're fakes. Folks, revolutions are always followed by counter-revolutions. Almost always. And I feel the 60s revolution, yeah, you know, <laughs> decades later, is finally coming to an end. That generation is now in power. They are the man. They love the man. They love suppressing free speech. A lot of them are communists and socialists. And I think the counter-revolution is about to begin soon. I'm not kidding. Where it's going to become, first, the few outsiders. You saw the Sex Pistols guy, uh, Johnny, talking about how the left is now the man and uh, we're the new renegades and misfits, the Republicans. Well, you're only a renegade if you're an actual renegade. You know, conformists aren't renegades by nature. So it's going to start with a trickle. 
But I believe you're going to see more and more people, Nicki Minaj and others out there. Again, I'm not, I don't get in any celebrity bandwagon, okay? So we can put that to bed. Kanye West, Johnny Rotten, and others. You're going to see more and more of them starting to speak out. And I think you're going to see a legitimate counter-revolution for freedom going on. Which one? Who? Oh, yeah, Tom McDonald, the rapper. That's right. You're going to see more and more of that, folks. Revolutions are always followed by counter-revolutions, and that should make you keep your chin up. I think you're going to see more musicians and artists coming out soon saying, I'm not buying this censorship crap. It's not for me. Okay, running low on time here. So let me get to the next question. We've got a lot of them today. Hey, Dan, is there now or will there ever be a way to listen to your radio show daily if local stations aren't carrying it? I'd love to listen to you daily while I work. Yes. Yes, that's from... uh, uh, Wofford 71, A.S. Wofford at 71. Yeah, you can listen up on Gino.com, 12 to 3. If you go there and click the listen button, you can even listen to old shows after we're we're off the air. So 12 to 3, Bongino.com, B-O-N-G-I-N-O.com. There's a, there's a radio tab, right, Guy? Let me look right here. Yeah, there's a radio tab. It's a listen live. You can listen on my website anytime. And you can always, if you want, you go to Fox Nation where there's a video live. It's live. A live video of the show every day, 12 to 3. Again, I'm not responsible for And they have highlights there too, right? I'm, I'm not responsible for what happens during the breaks during Fox Nation. Just putting that on the record. Okay, uh, last question. Hey, Dan, uh, I thought your Labor Day podcast with your recent radio interviews was great. Many of us can't always tune into the radio show. It was good to have them all available on the podcast. Any plans to do that regularly? Also, it would be great to get some of the best, meaning crazy liberal callers from the radio and podcast form. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to disappoint you on the second question, but liberal callers do not call in my radio show. They're terrified of getting wrecked. Only one did, Communist Jim, and he got wrecked, and no liberals have called in again. I mean it. We invite them. They're afraid. Um, they don't have the guts to call in. So we don't have a lot of Communist Jim. Maybe we'll post Communist Jim somewhere. Um, he got wrecked on the show. But uh, yes, on holidays, we will be posting some of our best interviews from the radio show. Um, I'm glad you liked it. We enjoyed doing it and putting together. So yes, we will be doing that. So thanks for all the great, uh, great questions. Folks, don't miss my radio show today. Alan West. Yes, Alan West will be the guest. We'll be talking about a whole lot of things. Don't miss that. And please don't miss my Fox News show. Set your DVR now unfiltered tomorrow night, 10 o'clock. I've got a loaded show for you. Uh, trying to get my friend Mark Robinson back, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina. He was one of our most popular guests ever. I think you'll love it. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.